Our Father in heaven, we we thank you so much for giving us a new day, Lord. We thank you so much for being our Father in heaven who takes care of every single detail in us. <coughs> and that's why this morning, Lord, we come before you and we declare that we will sing of your goodness, Lord. We will sing of your mercies. Your mercies that endure forever. Thank you, Father, for being so good to us. Thank you, Father, for being so patient with us. Thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity to correct things in our lives that need to be corrected. And it's all because of your goodness, Lord. And so we will sing of your goodness. We will sing of your mercies. We will sing for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Is the microphone working? Is this one working? Can you guys hear me well back there? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, great. So it's working. Good morning, church. It's a blessing, blessing, blessing. What a, what a great day to be worshiping God together. Um, it's a beautiful morning, and uh, we are here today. We are here today. It's a new day. It's a new opportunity. Uh, no, it's not working, right? No, it's uh, something is off on the microphone. It, it came through really quickly, and then you click okay. and check again. One, two, one, two. It's on. Okay. Sounds on. Okay. If not, um, we'll we'll go we'll go with the audio um, for those online. So uh, if not, we'll 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 figure it out next time. But um, it's a beautiful morning. God has given us uh, a new day today, a new day, a new opportunity. Every time we have a new day, it's a new opportunity that God has given us uh, so that we can do things better every time, so we can do things uh, better for our lives, and, and so we can serve Him in a better way. If, if you are here for the first time with us, uh, we are so thankful that you are here with us, uh, that you took the time to worship with us this morning. And, and today, today what we're going to do is we're going to continue uh, the series that we've been preaching, uh, Pastor Roy and I have been preaching on, uh, on on God, on God. And somebody asked me the other day, so Pastor, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, we all know about God, we all know who God is, so why, why did you choose this series uh, to begin, um, you know, the first since the first day that you start pastoring the church? I'll tell you one thing. A lot of us know all these things about God. But not all of us apply it every single day of our lives. And so a lot of times it's so important for us to um, review together. There you go. To review together who God is. Who God is. And through this series we have been asking the question, why are the attributes of God so important? Where his quality is so important because his attributes reveal who God is and what we can expect from God. But his attributes reveal what kind of God we serve, the kind of God that we worship, the kind of God that we follow, that his attributes reveal his nature. So it is essential to know the biblical teachings of who God is because what a person thinks about God is the most important thing about that person. That's what, uh, uh, that's what uh, a great theologian uh, who went to be with the Lord a few years ago, A.W. Tozer, said. He said what a person thinks about God is the most important thing about that person. So God's attributes are expressed in two ways. We can, we can know the attributes of God in two ways. One way is the incommunicable attributes of God. The incommunicable attributes of God is, is something that is beyond description. It's hard to describe it to the perfection of these attributes. Incommunicable attributes of God are those attributes who are exclusive, they are exclusive to God. Only God can experience these attributes. Humans cannot share uh, the incommunicable attributes of God. God's incommunicable attributes are things that only God can have that makes Him different than His creation. Incommunicable attributes are things that we can never experience. We can know that about God, but we cannot experience that ourselves. For example, God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He, he can do anything He wants to do. He, he's omnipresent. 
He's everywhere. And we talk about He's omnipresent before. We talk about the fact that God can be and and know everything that's going on in the world, and especially in your life. He's omniscient. He knows what's in your mind. He knows what's in your heart. He knows you from the moment you, you get up to the moment you go back to sleep. He's sovereign. In other words, even all these bad things that are going on right now in the world, God is sovereign. God has control. There is a reason why God is allowing certain things in the world to be happening. He is immutable. He doesn't change. And we talk about the fact that God doesn't change. That was the first sermon that we saw in this series. And, and, and we were talking about the fact that God doesn't change. So therefore, His love never changes. And His forgiveness is always available to you because He doesn't change. So we have the incommunicable attributes of God. Those are things that we can, uh, we cannot, they're beyond description. We cannot relate to those things in a personal level. But then we got the communicable attributes of God. The communicable attributes of God is what we're going to start talking about uh, from this Sunday and on. It is, it's a communicable attribute. It's something that is transmissible. Communicable attributes of God are those that humans can also possess. Not to the perfection God possesses, but we can also experience those attributes. For the past few weeks, we have been sharing about the immutability of God. God doesn't change. God is all-knowing, omniscient, omnipotent. God is all-powerful. He can do all things. Pastor Roy did a great job on that message. So on the communicable attributes of God are those that we can possess, that we can experience, that we can relate with God. And when we talk about these communicable attributes are mainly about God's moral qualities. God's moral qualities. For example, God's goodness, which is what we're going to be talking about today. God's justice. God's love. We can relate to these attributes. They communicate. They they are transmitted from God to us. They are transmittable attributes. Mercy. Truthfulness. We can be all these things. Of course, God is these things. He is, and these are His qualities, and He experienced this. This is His nature. We can experience these things from God. So therefore, we got to look at these attributes to know how do we apply, how do we live according to the communicable attributes of God, His love. How can we be more loving just like God is loving? How can we be more merciful just how God is merciful? Truthfulness. How can we be truthful all the time? How can we have wisdom just like God has wisdom? And so on. Remember that what we learn about God, what you learn about God, you are going to think about God. What you learn about Him is what you're going to think about Him, and that is the most important thing about you. God's goodness. It's easy to think and to talk about God's goodness when all is well. When things are going great, it's so easy to say, oh, God is so good. If you're, you're having a good experience, if you're having a good moment, if business are going great, work is going good, family is going good, oh God is so good. But what about when things are not going well? What about when you're hurting? What about when you're going through trials? What about when work is not the best day, when you get to work and things are just a mess? And then the rest of the day, the rest of the day seems like one thing after another after another. Is God still good? So when we talk about the goodness of God, uh, we were talking about this morning, our, our brother Beth was teaching a great class. Great class, by the way, if you're, not, if you're not coming to Sunday school, I encourage you to be in Sunday school. He's, he's talking about uh, the, the warfare, spiritual warfare. And uh, we were talking about in Sunday school, does God let bad things happen to good people? Why? Because a lot of people ask that question. Why does God allow good th- bad, uh, bad things to happen to good people? Uh, God only allows it because of our own choices. Uh, it's not God doing this to us. It's the result of humans that we make choices that have consequences. And the choices sometimes, we make bad choices and those bad choices have consequences. It's not God doing it to us. He only allows it because He allows you to make the choice. It's up to you. Having the knowledge of God, you make certain choices in life and those choices have consequences. Those choices have results. So God's goodness, is He's, he's good. No matter what's going on in life, His nature is still good. So it is easy 
to think about the goodness of God. When things are going good, but in the past three years, three, four years, can we think about the goodness of God with everything that's been going on? Problems with our politicians. Riots everywhere. A lot of talk about racism. People hating on each other. People that used to that used to say hi to each other in a, in a nice way, they don't do that anymore. Insulting each other. Then the pandemic comes in, and then you have to spend a lot of time with your family in the house. And it's like, you know, it's a war within the home. <laughs> now, we got this real war in Ukraine. You know, is God still good? In the midst of all these chaos in the world, you can still count on the goodness of God. We can still count on the goodness of God. Yes, a God that's good by nature. It's His nature. It's His essence. So many times. And, and you know what? It got still good. So, sometimes people say, but how can I say God's good when I'm going to trials? Well, sometimes God is so good that He allows those trials in your life to guide, you, to guide your life in a different way. If you, wouldn't, if, if, you didn't, if you were not experiencing those trials, a lot of times you were going to go, you, you, you would go the wrong way. But a lot of times, those trials, those problems that God allows, He allows them with the purpose for, for, for you to take a different road. A different route. Because He knows what's coming ahead. You don't know what's coming ahead. You don't know what's in front of you. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So whatever God allows today, even if it hurts, it's for your own good. God's purpose is to, uh, to, to do good for you, to do good for everybody, even non-believers. That's what Scripture says, and we'll look at some of the Scriptures today. So, so many times we sing about, uh, about God's goodness. Other times we say it often. Remember the prayer that uh, a lot of people do these prayers still, but uh, it, back then this prayer was, God is great. What's, what's the next? God is good. Let us thank you for our food, right? We, you know, God is good. But, but we kind of did that as, uh, you know, it was, we just got used to doing that. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. So, you know, but... I was asking myself, as I was working on this sermon, do we really understand this attribute? Do we really understand God's goodness? So I want us to understand what we're going to do uh, this week and next week, uh, and maybe two, three weeks uh, from now. Uh, to understand this attribute today, we're going to talk about how do we experience God's goodness in our lives. Uh, that's what we're going to do today. How do you experience his goodness. And based on our understanding of how we experience this attribute, next week we're going to talk about how, we res- how, how do you respond to God's goodness. So once you know what His goodness is, and how do you experience it, how do you apply it in your life, then we're going to talk about how do you respond. What is your reaction to God's goodness? Are you really reacting accordingly? Because a lot of us, we experience His goodness, but we don't react, we don't respond the way God wants us to respond. And the Bible also tells us, the Bible tells us not just how good God is, not just how He applies that goodness to us, but it also tells us how you're supposed to respond to this goodness. So let's go back to the question, do we really understand this attribute? Do we really understand His goodness? Meditate on the goodness of God with me this morning. The Bible defines God's goodness in two ways. One has to do with his character. His character, his goodness, his character. And the other one focuses on his actions. So if God is good, if that is his character, his actions are good. So if his character is good, what are his actions? What are those good actions? Uh, as a matter of fact, in, in Psalm 119, verse 68, it captured both. Both of these things, when, when it says of God, you are good. The psalmist says, he tells, he tells God, you are good and you do what is good. So in other words, your nature is good. 
Your character is good. And therefore, because your nature and your character is good, you do good. You do what is good. Your actions follow your character. So the first half of this verse uh, focuses on the fact that God is good by nature. And that is, He is morally excellent. Uh, beautiful, deeply glad, but since this is God we're talking about, this goodness ascribed to Him it, it is, it is raised uh, to the highest, it, right, it raises to the highest possible levels. Think about it. God is the original definition of good. He is good in and of Himself. For, for us, goodness is an added quality. For us, goodness is an added quality, but it comes naturally for God. He is good. The word God, uh, the, 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 as a matter of fact, the word good is just, is God with an extra O. It's a natural quality of, uh, that God has. God is not just the greatest of beings, He is the best. That's exactly what Jesus said, what Jesus meant to say when He said in Mark chapter 10 verse 18, No one is good but God. So whatever good is in us, it comes from God. It comes from God. He transmits that to you. That is, that's why it's a communicable attribute. We call all kinds of things good. We call all kinds of things good. This steak is good when you're eating a good steak, right? Ah, uh, when you have a good friend, he's a good friend. That was a good movie. So we call all kinds of things good. But, but all, all that we call good on this earth is tainted and imperfect. God alone is goodness itself. But how do you see the true character of a person? How do you see the true character of a person? There's only one way. By his actions. So the second standard, the second thing, the second strand of definition for God's goodness concentrates on what he does. And the Bible tells us the description of what he does. He gives us a point of his kindness, his mercy, his steadfast love. His generosity. God, God, God is disposed to give to human beings beyond all deserving. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that we don't deserve all this good stuff that God gives us. But He still does. He still gives it to us. All the time. His actions are good. His character, His name is good. And He demonstrates that, that by His actions of goodness. And because of these actions, we experience His goodness in our lives. Uh, remember, in, in the world full of evil, in the world full of hate, the one we can count on is some God who is good. There's, there's nothing else that you can count on for sure. But you can count on the goodness of God. And that's why we're singing this beautiful song right now. I will sing, all my life you have been faithful I don't know about you, but I, if I can, I can stand over here for hours and hours telling you story after story. Every time I tell somebody my, my life story, people go like, you know what, you should write a book. I'm like, if I had the time, maybe I would do it. But if I, if I tell you how many times, and every single time, I experience the goodness of God in my life, and that's why when we sing this song, last, last week I, I, told, I told the worship team, I said, you know, you guys, you guys hit the nail right on. Because all my life you have been faithful. And I can sing that over and over and over. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. And even, even non-believers experience His goodness. And they don't realize that they're alive. They don't realize that they have what they have because of God's goodness. And we take it for granted so many times. And we take it for granted and we, we just think it, it, it's, it's, it's owned to us. He's got to give it to us or we don't even believe that there is a God, some of them say. In the world so full of evil and hate, the one we can count on is in God's in a God who is God, a good God. How God, re how, how, how God reveals His goodness to us is important for us to know. So how do we experience? How do we apply? How do He reveals His goodness to us? The, the first thing I want to tell you today is that we experience God's goodness 
in our lives since before you were born. Since before you weren't even born. You weren't even conceived. And God's goodness was already being applied in your life. In Psalm 139, verse 13 through 16, the psalmist says, For you created my inmost being. You need me together in my mother's womb. It was God's goodness who was putting you together when you were in your mom's womb. Isn't that interesting? I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, even scientists nowadays don't even know to the fullest how the body works. They're, they're, little by little, they're, they're, they're getting to know these things. But, but you made me so wonderful. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My brain was not hidden from you. So, and people talk about having a, a thick frame, having a thick frame. And, uh, some of us have a little more than a, than a thick frame, right? But God already knew that. It's not a surprise. It was not a surprise. He, he, his goodness was on top of these things when He was creating you. When I was made in the secret place. Guess God. Guess what? God, out of all, all these little sperms that went to the to where they needed to get, you made it. You made it. <coughs> out of millions, you made it. <coughs> His goodness guided you there. When I was made in secret, in secret place, when I was a woman together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my arcane body. You saw my uh, my body was not even born, and you saw me. You already knew how you were going to look. As a matter of fact, His goodness already had a plan for you before you were even born. And that's why it says, "All the days, all the days ordained for me were written in your book." God already knew the days He had ordained. He, he knew when you were going to be born, when you were going to go back to eternity, to Him. He already knew that. He had a plan for you. He had a purpose at the moment He was creating you. A lot of people think that some people in the world are an accident. I don't believe that. Nobody's an accident. If God allows you to be born, He was the one putting you together. And when your parents were in secret, doing what they had to do, God was there forming you, guiding you. He knew every single step that it was going to take for you to be born. When I was born, on the third, in a family of four, when I was born, my mother had already had two miscarriages. Both of, both of those miscarriages were boys. Then the other two that she finally was able to deliver, there were two girls, so I have two older sisters. But the first one, the first two were two miscarriages. My dad had given up on a boy. My dad said, you know what, I give up. They're probably, we're just going to have a bunch of girls. And my dad wanted it. He wanted his boy, right? He wanted his boy, so it would have been just him. Interesting thing is that when my mother got pregnant of me, um, I, was, I was born feet first. And back in the 70s, we didn't have all the technology we have nowadays. So the doctor, in, in a third world country where I was born, was even worse. And in the hospital where I was born, it was even the worst of the worst. <laughs> so the doctor told my dad, he said, um, Mr. Chavez, who do you want to live? Who do you want? You want, you want the baby? Or do you want the mom? And my dad repeatedly told me the story. Because my dad just couldn't believe that I was alive. And my dad said, well, save my wife. Save my wife. Well, my mom always reminds me, 
I almost died when you were born, especially when I don't do what she wants me to do. Right? <laughs> and she's like, I almost died when you were born. Okay, mom, what do you want? What do you need, mom? But my dad's decision was was a tough decision for him. But God knew what was going to happen in my life. God knew all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been good, so good. And even through the, even when I went through the tough times that I went through as I was a child and growing up, God was there with me. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be here. I can tell you story after story of how many times I almost lost my life. I was so close, so many accidents. I was, I, I was in combat, and so many accidents and combat and other things that happened. I could be jumping out of a plane and die. But God was there. From the day I was born, when my father said, save my wife, God said, save them both. Because all my life you have been faithful. God in His goodness, give us a reason, give us a purpose to live. He, he formed you. And, and if you are here today, there is a purpose, there is a reason why God is giving you life. How many people are gone in the last few years? How many people are not with us anymore? But if you're here, it's because God has a reason. God has a purpose. Now, now it's, it's your responsibility to have to develop that relationship with God so you will know, so God will speak to your heart and know exactly what is His purpose, a specific purpose in your life. None of us have been an accident. A second thing that God allows us to experience is we, we have experienced His goodness. Not just from before we were even born, but we have experienced His goodness through His protection. His protection. In the course of our lives, God has protected us. Can you think of a time, can you, can you really think of a time you almost lost your life? Can you think of a time you could have been just crossing the road and something stopped you? I, I remember in the year 2000, I'll never forget this year. Uh, has, has anybody here has has anybody here ever taken the springs of a? You remember those old garage doors, the wooden garage doors? So especially those with no construction knows that if you don't know how to if you don't know what you're doing and you take up some of those screws the pressure on the spring will come as a guillotine and will cut you in half. This is it, it's a thing, thing and this is the old the old doors. Well I wanted to seal my garage and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and then Kiss you not. This is what happened. I'm, I'm, I'm taking out the screws because I want to seal the door so I can make a playroom, a, a playroom for my son. My son was not even, he had just been born in 1999, so he was a year old. So as I'm taking these up, something in my heart, something for some reason, and I know it was God, I know it was, it was the angel of the Lord, just put it in my heart, step to the side. I wasn't thinking this thing is going to follow me. I just, okay, I'll step to the side. I kept on doing it. That thing came down so hard that it broke the wood in the door. If I was today where I was doing it, probably would have cut me in half. And I'm not kidding about that. When that happened, I assure you, I got on my knees. And I said, thank you, Lord for not leaving my child without a father. It's a story after story that I can tell you how I have experienced the goodness of God. But it's not just me. I'm sure you have too. The, 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 the question is, do you realize that? Do you realize how many times God has taken care of you? God has protected you. Sometimes it's hard even to believe. Some people don't even believe in God. But Psalm 34, verse, uh, verse 7 through 8, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him. 
He, he doesn't just, he, he's not just around those who fear him, but he delivers them. All taste and see that the Lord is what? The Lord is good. He doesn't just deliver, he doesn't just, he's not just around you, but he delivers you. In other words, when you're in the wrong spot, when you're in the wrong place, when you're with the wrong people, he has the power to deliver you from that. When making the wrong decision, he has the power to change your mind on those things if you are connected with God. But you have to look for that connection and your intimacy with God. All taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and a strength. And ever-present help in trouble. So in any trouble, in any trial, in any problem, any adversity that you experience in life, He is there to help. God is ready to help. The question is, do we ask Him for help? Do we get in our knees and we pray and we say, Lord, I know you are there to help. But do we, do we, do we ask for that? Psalm 138 verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Have any of you ever walked in the midst of trouble? Oh, some, some of us are troublemakers. We, we walk in the midst of trouble every day and we like trouble. Somebody told me, you're a magnet for trouble, man. What do you do? I said, nothing. You must be doing something there. You're a magnet. You preserve my life. When I'm walking in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath right of my enemies. And your right hand delivers me. God protects us. He protects you. He protects me. The goodness of God in action. Now the question again. Do we realize that? Do we accept that? Do we see that? <clears throat> Number three. We have experienced God's goodness and that He is so patient with us. Do you believe God is patient with you? <laughs> don't, don't, don't be messed up almost every day. For, I mean, let me say every day. Sometimes it's just the way we think. Sometimes it's the way we act. Sometimes it's our pride, our selfishness. And God is like, oh, you just don't know what you're doing. But let me, let, let, I'm, I'm going to be patient with you. His goodness, we experience His goodness by his, in, in His patience with us. I, I don't know if you ever stop to think about that, but in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, it says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord a God merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness when this verse where it says right here is slow to anger it's long suffering long suffering having patience in spite of troubles caused by, caused by other people. Who are those people who cause trouble? We are. But He is patient. He has long suffering. It's just because of His goodness towards us. So He is patient with us in, in, in spite of the fact that we are the one who cause trouble many times by our bad decisions. It's because sometimes we make decisions that... We make decisions thinking we're making the best decision in our lives. But we don't take God into account. And so we make the wrong decision because we didn't think, what does God think about this? What is God telling me about this? Lamentation chapter 3 verse 22, it says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. So if it wasn't for His goodness, if it wasn't for His great love, we would, we would not be here. We would be consumed. Can you imagine? Oh, you did something wrong? Consume you. You did something wrong? Consume you. How many human beings would be on earth? <laughs> I know one in Russia that won't be, wouldn't be here. With all this stuff that's going on today, God would consume us. All. No exception. 
But, but, but check what it says in the rest of the verse. For his compassion never fails. Because of his great love, we are not consumed because of his compassion. In other words, he's, he's got empathy. A lot of times you think God doesn't understand what you're going through. God understands what you're going through better than you can even imagine. He knows exactly what you're feeling. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going through. He knows every single thing that you're experiencing. But, but God is so good that He provides what you need at that moment. He provides the encouragement. He provides that, 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 that desire for you to do the right thing. Because He has compassion and He understands what you're going through. He is so patient with us. Psalm 103, verse 13 and 14. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows, check this out, he knows what we are formed, how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. You know what that means? <laughs> you know what that means? God knows exactly why we mess up so much. God knows exactly, in His goodness, He understands that we are so imperfect human beings. That He's got empathy with us. He's got understanding for what we go through. That's why He doesn't give up on us. God hasn't given up on you. You might feel that way sometimes. Your own guilt for making the wrong decisions. But, but God hasn't given up on you. His goodness is forever. It reminds me of a song. This, uh, there's a Christian singer, Matthew West. There's a song he sings that ministered to my heart, to my life all the time. This song is called The God Who Stays. So God is so patient that it, despite the fact that, that you mess up so much in life, He stays with you. A lot of people turn around and you know, give up on you. If, 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 uh, if I were you, this son says, if I were you, I would have given up on me by now. I would have given up. If, if, if it was us, human beings, we would have given up on people already. But this son says, if I were you, I would have given up on me right now. I would have labeled me a lost cause. Because I feel... Just like a lost cause. If I were you, I would have turned around and walked away. I would have labeled me beyond repair. Because I feel like I'm beyond repair. Oh, but somehow you don't see me like I do. Somehow you're still here. You're the God who stays. You're the one who runs in my direction when the whole world walks away. You're the God who stands with wide open arms. And you tell me nothing I have ever done can separate my heart from the God who stands. He is so loving. He is so patient with us. I used to hide every time I thought I let you down. Have you ever tried to hide from God? <laughs> if you are a real human, you have. Even though we know we can't hide from God. I used to hide every time I thought I'd let you down. I always thought I had to earn my way. But I'm learning that you don't work that way. Because you don't see me like I do. And somehow, Lord, your goodness, you're still here. You're still here. Because every, even though everybody runs away, everybody goes away, you stay. I love God. Lord, you are good and He's, what? His love and His mercy endure forever. You know what's amazing about God? 
that He even has mercy and His goodness even touches those people who turn their back on Him. His mercy is so amazing. His goodness is so great that even those who don't even want to believe or serve God, you is, you're still benefiting from God. Psalm 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all. And some people in seminary used to say, you know, what does all mean? All means all. It doesn't need theology class. You just need to see what it says. The text says, all means all. The Lord is good to all. Not just to believers. And His mercy is all over all those, all that He has made. Matthew 5.45, it says, So that you might be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for He makes His Son rise on the evil and the good. So even the evil of this world, they still see the Son. They still experience the benefits from the Son. And He sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. It's just because He's so patient with people. He's so patient that He wants people to repent. Uh, we, that's one of the things we're going to talk about next week. His goodness. The, the, the reason why God is so good to you is because He wants you to repent of those bad choices that you have made. But we'll talk about next week. James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He doesn't change. He is good. He is patient. He's patient with all of His creation and His goodness. He doesn't give up on us. How do you respond to His goodness? How do you respond to His goodness? This is the way God reveals His goodness to us. How do you respond to His goodness? God is good. You know, when Adam needed a woman, when Adam needed a wife, God gave him a wife. When Moses needed a way how to get through the, through the sea, God opened the sea. When David needed forgiveness for his sin, God forgave him. God has many different ways in how He has revealed His goodness to us. The question that we can answer next week is, how do we respond to God's goodness? How do you respond? And I want to encourage you to be here. I want to encourage you to be here so, so you, can, you can analyze yourself. You can meditate and think, your, think, think, think for yourself. You know, if this is how good God is, and this is how good He's been to me, am I responding according to His desire, to His will? Am I responding that way to His goodness? Am I doing what He wants me to do based on His goodness? He hasn't given up on us. His goodness, His mercies, endure it forever. Our Father in Heaven, we want to thank You so much this morning. We want to thank You, Lord, for this communicable attribute. We want to thank You, Father, for Your patience, Your goodness, your love. We want to thank you, Lord, for showing us your goodness. See, before we were born, we want to thank you, Father, for protecting us through our lives. We want to thank you, Lord, for your patience. Thank you for you have not consumed us because of your patience. bow your head in prayer. I just want to encourage you, if you have never given your life to the Lord, or if you are not walking right with God, this is the moment where you can just come to God and say, Lord, I have just ignored your goodness to me. And ask God to forgive you of your sins. 
Lord. His goodness is ready to forgive you more than you are ready to ask for forgiveness. His goodness is going to touch your heart. And His goodness is willing to transform your life.
God reminds us He is all we need. He's all we need. Our bass guitarist Raul is with his family this morning at the mortuary. His father passed away two weeks ago. Pray for Raul. Our dear sister Irene is with Jesus this morning. As I told Steve and Jessica this week, she's running and leaping and praising the Lord. But we're sad. We miss her. Pray for Steve, for Jessica, Jacob, Bolivia. He's all you guys need. He's all I need this morning. And so, our prayer this morning, Lord, is that in your goodness, you go with us as we leave this room. In your goodness, you go with us into the week ahead. In your goodness, you go with us, whether we're a trouble magnet like some, or whether our week is good and solid. In your goodness, you're there with us. And so, Lord, we leave this place confident that you are all we need because you're a good, good God. And we give you thanks for that together in the mighty name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Amen.